0: Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast.
1: Coffee with the Sarlos is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love.
0: Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your belief systems, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individuals' stories. Karen, before we get into today's show, let's start things off with show notes.
1: Yes, Kelly and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients, if the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website bysarlow.com or email us at info at We also
0: have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world.
1: We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show in every series is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The remaining four shows can be found at patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo.
0: Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There is a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here, along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for the patrons in our top tier, we're giving away a free half-hour channeling session with one of us every month. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now, on to today's show. Good morning, and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. You're celebrating episode 300
1: with us. Thank you very much for joining us for so many episodes, or if this is your very first one. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. I remember when Karen
0: was just talking about wanting to begin this and mm-hmm. us trying to figure out, well, what kind of equipment do
1: you buy for a podcast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God for people who have those skills, because otherwise we wouldn't be doing this.
0: No, not so much. Mm-hmm. Now
1: we can get into the, to today's show. Okay. So this is about a gentleman. What would you like to name him, Brett? Okay. Brett reaches out and says that he has half an hour to give me and to, to give you. <laughs> well, is this the tone of the session? No, okay. I don't mean any kind of a rude way. <laughs> okay. Um, and he asks me just simply to fill the time with anything about career. And, and he says, if you don't mind, Karen, I don't like all affirm things. I know I listen to the show, I can affirm and everything, but I also know that if I just don't say too much at the beginning, that it could really be open and go into different directions and that career could morph into other things. So I'm just going to let you do what you do. And if it goes off topic, I'll rein you in. And I just, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's done, it's done with intelligence, right? And, and with the right intention. Mm-hmm. So I told him that I would need a couple of minutes just to be able to connect to the spirit guides first. And that I would doodle maybe a little bit on the page. I wasn't certain. And then I would share information with him. So the spirit guides came in and told me that he's an artist and they showed me past lives where he's been an artist before and in each of his lifetimes he believes that because he's an artist that that's that's everything that's the career that's what he's going to do with his life and so he has patterns in these lifetimes of putting all of his energy towards the success of his career in art now I have a feeling you're going to ask me a question in a minute about that, but I'm just I was actually
0: going to make a statement about the patterns of suffering from lifetime to <laughs> lifetime. Go for it. I think any artist who's listening to this is like, "Jesus, that's a lot of hardship." And that
1: that that's the the point of it at the very beginning. <laughs> Great. It's perfect how you do this. Just perfect. I love it. Thanks. So they they bring forward the fact that in every single lifetime Like, he has just tremendous ability to be creative. And he puts all of his energy into that. But as a result of it, the relationships suffer. The finances suffer. His health can suffer. Um, And when I say relationships, I should actually be a little bit more specific. I don't just mean a relationship with a significant other. I mean his children suffer, his siblings. I mean his neighbors. I'm talking... In, in, ver- in a variety of ways, and he ends up in not every single lifetime, but in quite a few lifetimes, he ends up with some degree of depression. He ends up with anxiety, um, those two uh, repetitively. And I said, so how am I doing so far, Brett? And he goes, well, pretty spot on. <laughs> he goes, um, go ahead. And I said, any, any direction or questions? And he goes, no. He says, I'm, I'm here to listen. My job today is to be a listener. I said, okay, if I crossed any boundaries and he goes, no, I will tell you if I've crossed boundaries, which is fine, but we still ask the questions. And so I, I made sure that I told him that I said, I appreciate that you're telling me upfront, but some people say that and they don't do it. And I said, so I'm still going to continue to do check-ins with you because that's how, how you and I both work. So. I went back and watched in some of those lifetimes and I saw where um, he doesn't want any other interest. And I see it, the pattern repeated in this current lifetime where his parents, he has a mom and a dad, and they're a couple. So I'm just saying they're, they still live together. And his parents want to support his career. Now, this is a young man. I'm not saying this is a boy. I'm not saying this is a teenager, he's a young man. They they really support his his ability to be an artist. And in other lifetimes, they're different roles. So in another lifetime, they might be his siblings, they might be his kids, they might be a partner, they change roles with him. But in this lifetime, they support the fact that he's artistic and that he wants to make a living off of it. So they don't, they don't discourage it. But they encourage that he supplement it with another career. And he gets angry. He thinks they don't see him. They don't value him. He has, a, he has a temper tantrum. And I'll call it an artistic temper tantrum. Meaning, in the way that I mean this, meaning that he thinks that they don't value the artist side in him but they do, and they keep wanting to sit down with him and say, look, we do, honey. We we value this. We want you to do and be who you are. But the other things could supplement this in a good way, and he fights it. He fights that because he thinks only one thought. So he just ruminates, and this is important. He ruminates because he has a p- perception about what his parents are saying when that's not what they're saying but he wants it to mean a certain thing so that he can push back and suffer. He wants to play the victim and he doesn't, he doesn't see it that way, but the guides come through and go, you need to discuss this with him. And I said, okay, so tell me a little bit more before I bring it all up. And they went, no, you're going to bring it up first and we'll give it to you in steps. So I did. I just followed what the guide said and I told him that. And he, he agreed Um, but you could see that he didn't want to completely agree because he didn't want to see himself as the victim, but he could kind of see what I was trying to get at. So we were going to have a little bit of work to do. And the guide said, his parents have more than one career, both of them. They like, he sees it that they just go to one job. But in that one job, his mom, I think sells real estate she markets herself. She understands finances. She understands bank loans. She got an education to understand. <laughs> like she just she does a variety of things. Interior decorating. Like she just she allows a variety of careers. She understands how to do her own books for her own bookkeeping. She does her own taxes. She and as I said, marketing her own business. So there are a variety of things. And then lo and behold, Kelly. She has to get online. So now, you know, she has to go forward and she has to put her um, real estate business online for people. So now she has to figure out what you do with camera work to go into people's houses and take cameras or how you down da- or pictures. Thank you. And so her skill set has to really change. And the way she sees it is that she is a real estate agent, but she sees it that she has several careers, and I know you get this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know you totally get this, because of what you do. Uh-huh. And that if somebody came up to you and said, hey, what do you do for a living? And you said, well, i Everything, I'm... all of it. <laughs> exactly. So you get the answer that you can say everything, just throw it at me and I do it. <laughs> yes, just throw it at me. <laughs> I don't know why I have a French accent, but (laughs) I don't know what happened with that. Um, He doesn't understand that. So he thinks, no, mom doesn't know this. She's a real estate agent. She goes and she sells houses. She has no idea what she's asking of me. I wouldn't dream to tell her she should get another job. But he does. He attacks his mom and he says, well, why don't you get another job? And she sits down and she says, look at I understand that you, and he just goes off on a little tantrum. That's why I said he has temper tantrums, because he only wants to think of his parents approaching him in one angle. And no matter how smart their angle is, no matter how intuitive it is, or how brilliant to help him actually build his art business, he's shooting himself in the foot, (laughs) And he, I, sorry, I told him all of that about his mom and the real estate. And he goes, so I have a question for you. Did you pull real estate out of your ass? And I went, no, I don't pull anything out of my ass. I said, it has to be spot on to your mom or this isn't going to, this isn't going to make sense to you. And he goes, well, she is a real estate agent. I just thought you just got lucky. And I said, no, I said, Brett. that like the spirit guides have to give me pertinent information. If I was just pulling it out of my ass, how would you know what I am and what I'm not? And he goes, Okay, that's a good point. So you can see where he wants to go off into his mind to discredit or to to disregard, just you know, throw things away, just be dismissive to suit his thinking or his purpose. And so the guides then say to me, Could you talk to him about the 15 forms of verbal abuse? And could you go through them? Could you get the list out? Could you show it to him? Could you mention a couple of these, that this is how he speaks to his mom? And that when she tries to explain, honey, I'm a real estate agent, but I also have to be a bit of a photographer. I also have to know some about banking. I also, that he just shuts down and doesn't hear anything she's saying, because then it allows him to believe, no, not me, not you. And I, you're just a real estate agent, and I'm just going to be an artist. Instead of this is a great idea, and I could I could really enjoy that. Then his dad comes in, and his dad says he does the same thing to me. And I work for the government, so he just throws it into my face like, "What would I know? I have a pension and benefits. Um, I have a job." He goes, "He has no idea that in my job working in the government that I've had like five different positions." and that I've had to retrain and that I've had to take courses and that I've had to you know not
0: to mention in this day and age mm-hmm. where every every company seems to be underemployed everyone in the company is already doing their job plus half at least or a full other job yeah. that someone else technically should be doing
1: mm-hmm. like
0: i think everyone could could probably argue that they have multiple jobs mm-hmm. all at once not like you know not even discussing over a lifetime Yes. I think your point is brilliant. It's kind of why I got like ruffled my feathers when you said an artistic temper tantrum, because I think this could be a temper tantrum that anyone throws wanting to believe in their teenage state of brain. Uh, cause mm-hmm. I know you said he's a young man of like, Oh, the world doesn't understand me. I'm unique.
1: And that's what he's doing. Y- like that's, really well said. That's exactly what he's doing. And if you call that the teenage brain, that's awesome because that's exactly it. It's just that some people stay in the teenage brain their whole lives and other, and and they fight everything. So there's this uh, oppositional defiance. Mm -hmm. So I said, Brett, I said, you're struggling with some oppositional defiance. And I said, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I've got no background in any of that. And I said, so I'm not diagnosing you saying you have ODD. I'm just saying you might want to research ODD, oppositional defiance disorder. And I said, because it could be what absolutely sabotages your ability to take your artistic abilities and actually put them into all the spaces and places that could actually make you successful.
0: No, I I can't even imagine the... um disgusted belly laughs that any artist who's currently listening to this show is going to have Mm -hmm. where they're like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm. I paint, but I had to run an Etsy shop and I also have to commission my work into physical spaces that have now shut down. Like you talk about a number of jobs that you have to be to sell your own work. Oh yeah. Let alone create it.
1: Yeah. And it, it's interesting because, like, as the conversation goes on, and he goes, What's ODD? And I said, Well, it's oppositional defiance disorder. And Brett says to me, Could you explain it a little bit? And I said, I could, but I said, as a layperson, not as a professional. And I said, My understanding of it is such. And I explained and said to him, It means that you take a stance automatically to defend instead of presenting openness. And he went, oh, and, and, and just paused. And I thought, holy, maybe he's getting it. And he goes, okay. He says, I think I understand what you're saying. And he goes, I think this is me to a T. So he goes, so you call it ODD. And I said, well, like I said, not a diagnosis. You can go figure that out with a professional. And I said, but maybe, you know, you have symptoms of it. I don't know. And I said, but the guides are bringing it up to point out that what you do in the forms of verbal abuse is that you use dismissiveness. And it's one of the 15 forms of verbal abuse. And he goes, 15 forms of abuse? And I said, yes. So then I gave him the reference to go see Patricia Evans and the book, The Verbally Abusive Relationship. And I said, I think if you understood some of the forms of verbal abuse in terms that, yes, you're doing this to your mom. (laughs) Yes, you could go through the 15 and see that you're doing it to your dad, and you're probably doing it to other people as well. But the bottom line is that you're doing them to yourself. And because you dismiss the fact that maybe if you um, understood cameras, or if you understood um, some software programs, or microphones, or, or like um, marketing, or business management... And he goes, my dad told me that. He goes, my dad told me to take a good business course and that good artists are also businesses. And I'm like, yes. And I said, that's what your guides are trying to tell you. He goes, I can tell you right now, my parents are going to be thrilled with this. And I said, why are you listening to me? And he goes, what? I said, why are you listening to me? I said, because you have a habit of being dismissive being defiant. Why are you open in this instance? And he goes, well, he says, because I was told by my friends that you're going to be talking to my own spirit guides. So you're talking to like me, but on a higher level. And I went, so you're comfortable with this because it's really you talking to yourself. And he went, yeah. And I said, then you might want to look up narcissism too. And he went, don't know what that is. And I went, "Well, I said then then in all honesty, Brett, I said seeing a therapist would be the best thing I could say to you today from your spirit guides, your soul to you because if you're standing in a place where you can't hear anybody around you including the people that actually have the best information. Never mind who they are. Doesn't matter what their role is. We're just going to go with the best information to make you a success. You're ignoring them because it isn't your idea. And I said, so you might as well take the gun and load it and hold it to your head now. And he goes, well, that's a little drastic. And I went, it's not really. Mm -hmm. I said, because what you're doing is going to be a very slow, painful death. If you think you're going into art for the rest of your life, And you think that you don't need to learn or know anything else. And this shocked me because he's probably 27. He's in his like, you know, I'd say late twenties and he's, he's um, like, I would have thought with that kind of behavior. No, honest to God, I don't even know if that's the truth. I just thought if you were younger that you already knew about all the social media stuff. Oh. I thought See, that I'm, you already would have been open to it.
0: I'm shocked for different reasons. Oh. I assumed that as an artist, your way of life was, I'll be learning forever. And Uh because you have to, because the the forms are constantly changing, the way you express yourself is constantly changing. And so I I was floored based on my own assumptions that any artist would think, I don't need to learn and grow. Like, how shitty must must your art continue to be?
1: Well, he believes that in terms of the art. He doesn't believe it in terms of other relationships. See, and
0: I don't think that can be the case, (laughs) because if you're learning how an art form changes... You know, if I know one thing about color contrast, let's say, because mm-hmm. over a, a term I know, and and I know nothing about saturation, well, saturation wasn't my idea. <laughs> I have to learn it from somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if it's not my idea, how, to, how am I open to learning then?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And and I don't think your gun was or your gun analogy was um, dramatic mm. because really what you're doing not that you're telling him to hold a loaded gun to his head mm-hmm. but he's creating his own emotional paralysis yeah and his own artistic paralysis yes and likely struggling with perfectionism which as artists know you can't really have you have imposter syndrome all the time for sure but I think that's in every in every career just mm-hmm. about. Um, but you, you can't have perfectionism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Most art was born out of the mistakes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So then the guide said that he would be able to make money in this career, but that he would not be rich and that he's looking Artists at... Artists are laughing again. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> They're like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that he would not be rich and that he had to sit down... And have an honest conversation with somebody um, to literally put into his head, to to formulate into his mind, have sit in his heart, have the two on the same page and be able to verbalize outwardly (laughs) that the art could pay the bills. It could do certain things, certain months, certain years, but that it was going to fluctuate. And that he was going to really need the banking skills to understand that in a good year, you save, you put some of that money away, you or, or you invest in the business again. This is a business
0: podcast now. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, it goes into business. It goes into his financial structures. Oh, good for Brad. It goes into the partnerships of how he'll pick a partner. He'll end up picking a partner that's also very creative, um, and that is an entrepreneur as well, but has more of the understanding that um, you reinvest in the business, you put money aside. She's, she's the person that listens to her parents when they say, take a business course, go to city hall, take this online, learn how to negotiate. And, and he goes, he says to me, did you say negotiate? And I said, yeah, Brett. I said, as an artist, you're going to have to have negotiation skills. And he goes, well, you can say that again. And I said, but you have oppositional defiance. And I said, so what that loaded gun to your head is going to mean that anytime somebody approaches you, that if it isn't in the exact tone of voice or what you want, you go into oppositional defiance and you say no. So you have a reputation for refusing everything and then changing your mind. And then coming back when it's on your terms and when you've thought it over and you want to do it,
0: Also, if you haven't burned
1: bridges. And that's the point, is that he's already burned bridges at 27, where certain people in his community don't want to work with him because of his work ethic. When he thinks, it's not a work ethic, it's just all artists are like this. We're moody. And it's like, no, no, artists are not moody. That's not true. And he goes, well, what would you know? And I said, Oh, I'm not going to answer that personally because this is not where you get to attack me personally. No, thank you. And he went, Oh.
0: So Brett doesn't know you sell your art. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He does not.
1: He does not. So I just said, You don't get to attack me. I said, I'm channeling. And I said, The whole purpose of channeling is for your spirit to come in to tell you how to succeed. And I said, in all honesty, Brett, your parents are trying to do the very same thing for you in human form. And I said, and they both have excellent advice to give you because of the two careers your parents have had. And he goes, well, my dad's a government worker and he wants to launch into this. What does he know? And I said,
0: "Uh," I have so much more to say. Go on. (laughs)
1: Okay, I'll, I'll quickly get this through and you can add. So I said, uh-uh, I said, you're not going to be disrespectful of your dad. I said, he has had five different kinds of career within government. He has reeducated himself. He's moved into management from, you know, being the one that came in at the base level job and has moved all his w- his way up into management, into director. He now oversees staff. He has budgets to see. He didn't start this way when he was 27. Shocking. Yeah. And I said, your mom and your dad are two people that have a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, which is two different things. And I said, "Um, and they have the emotional intelligence individually and as a couple to really give you a lot of what you need. Can I go? Mm -hmm. The entitlement
0: is one of the things that sticks out to me. And I'll make it personal and take bread off the hot seat here but I hope if he's listening that I'm talking right to you. Like, I, do n- I know I am not entitled to this career mm-hmm. and that if it's a bad month, if it's a bad week, I consider going out and getting another job. Mm-hmm. And I look at the finances over and over again to decide, do I need to? Is there a need for another job? And I'm going to say this, not out of financial fear, although that's always going to be an element for an entrepreneur, but out of a place that I love this career, I want to be able to continue doing it. And so how can I find something that will make that possible? Mm -hmm. Not I deserve, therefore every other job is beneath me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like to me, if you love something that much, you go do whatever you need to, to make sure you can keep doing it. You got it. You don't fucking stomp your feet and think I'm entitled to do this and everyone else should make this possible. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is what happens. My,
0: my face was okay throughout that. <laughs> I wasn't too furrowed.
1: You're good. Okay. You're totally good.
0: I felt quite passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, this is...
1: you have every right to be. So this is two parents in the home that are, um, like, that are giving him things that he wouldn't normally get if he was on his own. So they can be there as the safety net. If he can't make a, rate, a rent payment, they don't say, Hey, um, get out. They, they let him stay. They don't, they don't even say in the next month, if he makes, you know, more money, you still owe us last month's rent. Mm. They allow it to be that he didn't pay it. And I mean, a real landlord would say, you owe me back rent. Mm-hmm. So. There's a there's when you say there's an entitlement here, like he has to come to realize that that entitlement means that there's a lack of maturity, and that as a result of that, that he has to also be careful then who he takes things out on. Mm. So he 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 has to be careful because he may think that he's cushy and he's okay and he's fine at home now, but somebody asks him to do another you know, piece of art or whatever it is his career is. And he can be in a mood and then say no. As opposed to, no, I owe double rent. <laughs> mm-hmm. I bloody well better take this whether I'm in a good mood. I want to do it. I like the people. I don't like the people. It's too cheap. It's not a Like, he doesn't get that.
0: I was listening to... Again, I'm obsessed with Superstore right now. Mm. And one of the character's partners is in, like... um a singer, like yeah. artist that I way. I know who you're talking about. Okay. And she's like, you know, don't think about it as selling out. Think about it as cashing in. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I really like that. And yeah. I do understand that sometimes we do things that don't feel necessarily who we are, but we can lend a skill, we can lend a talent, mm-hmm. um, and we can we can do a great job on something. And that can be what it means to cash in so mm. that we can continue to do the things we love.
1: Yeah. And he's, you know, pointed out to him that he's got some past lives where his self-sabotage destroys these key relationships for him. So he may be angry with someone because he's not making as much money. And then his parents allow that to slide by and he doesn't pay rent, but he's irritated and he takes it out on his girlfriend and she has no idea why. Mm. So there, this conversation comes up about how he sabotages his own ability to reach a certain level of success in this career in art. Mm-hmm. And that he has to take a look at some of that because it's not all based on that people don't like him or that it's not good enough or that it's not at the right place, right time. Some of it comes down to the fact that he's burned some of his own bridges.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that, that's important because there's a difference. Some of those people then want to say, Oh, what's the universe trying to tell me? And and you know, they come off and oh well, I guess it'll what will be will be. And and they come down that road of those those stupid cliches that are not even appropriate and yeah, don't some, make sense. Sometimes
0: the message is don't be a dick.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's where his parents have the ability to give him a lot of tools and to help him but also come into this lifetime to be both very supportive and helpful and and give him the right tools and they're also part of what teaches him how to sabotage himself.
0: And he's got to be able to Do you mean like highlights the way he sabotages himself?
1: Yeah. Okay. You Pardon worded it like me. they were teaching him how to do it. No, no, sorry. I don't Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for clarifying.
0: Well, I, I you know, I want to say too like how many people are listening to this show thinking, "Oh my god, if I only had at least one parent in my home mm-hmm. trying to teach me these lessons. That would have been incredible. And here he's got two with mm-hmm. beautiful skills developed over a lifetime and he, he's dismissing both. Mm-hmm.
1: So I just thought it was a, a, a beautiful show for people to be able to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, that sometimes it's, it's not about the cliches, it's not about the universe not wanting you to be a success. Um, but there, there's another point here. And I think this is also significant enough to mention, he's not going to be rich Mm. and that this is not what he writes in for this lifetime. And this is a huge, I'll say a big struggle here in North America, that for a number of reasons, many people have now come to believe that the goal is to be the billionaire. Mm -hmm. The goal is to be the super rich. The goal is to be the multimillionaire. It's not to have enough money to get by. It's to learn your lessons. It's to um, to share, to support others, to um, to to listen, uh, to balance your life. Like there are so many wonderful lessons and a beautiful life here for him if he actually picks up his socks and gets some of his own work done and deals with some of his issues.
0: Well, you're also touching on the point that it's not just an expectation to be a billionaire, but to be instant, right? Instant famous with money. Mm-hmm. It's not even about work work ethic and then rich.
1: Mm-hmm. And he he needs to know, or yeah, he needs to know that there are many musicians or artists, and you know, in all these different forms, writers they don't necessarily make it off the first book or the first piece of art that gets sold some of them sell thousands of pieces of art uh, or create and play thousands and millions of pieces of music and that the that the road for their whole life is all of these all of these individual pieces
0: you know as much as we can really bash hollywood some of my favorite um, people to learn from are in fact actors. Mm. because if you if you if you need to meet someone who busts their ass, yeah, it's them. Yeah. I listen to a lot of biographies from authors or, um, from actors who talk about the multitude of jobs they had simultaneously throughout their whole life while they were trying to get gigs, yeah, the kinds of gigs they took just to get into the industry um, and then continue to do things on the side. And yeah. I think about someone like um, oh, Ty Burrell, who plays Phil Dunphy on Modern Family. Oh, yeah. I remember him saying he didn't get his first big gig until he was in his 40s. Right. And not because he wasn't busting his ass, yeah. but because this role wasn't written until until this time. And he had had to make a portfolio for himself up until that point. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not instant. Mm-hmm. And you learn so much
1: on the way. I think this is good for people to hear who have a partner. Mm-hmm. That is in this, because I think that there are stories where one partner feels animosity towards the artistic partner and the non-artistic partner thinks, well, without me, we wouldn't have a house. Well, without me, who's going to pay the lighting bill?
0: The non-artistic?
1: The non-artistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that the that they don't see the path of, for the artistic person and what it entails. hmm
0: Which would be all the more frustrating if the artist themselves does not see that it's not linear to success.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he says to me at the very end, he goes, okay, Karen, he goes, if I get this right, he says, I'm going to, now that this is over, he says, then I recorded this. He says, I get to go back. He says, my friends told me to record and just to sit and listen, not to write notes and try and focus on getting down what you were saying, but just to be present and do the listening. And he goes, and number two. I clearly need to sit down with my parents and apologize. Mm. And he says, I intend to listen to this with them at some point. I'll listen to it on my own first. He says, they told me, my friends told me that I would probably be in my shame.
0: Mm.
1: And that uh, in in the conversation with you. And he says, and I got to tell you, I do feel it a little bit. He says, and I'm trying to push it to the side here so that I can get through this and listen. He says, so I know when I go back to listen to it again, I will feel my shame more fully. He says, um, he says, because you've pointed things out that I know are true. Mm-hmm. And he says, but I just suppress them. And I said, okay. And he goes, um, he says, and, I, and I, I think I need to be able to sit with my parents and have them point the finger at me and go, okay, so why did you listen to her and not us? Because this is a lot of the stuff that they've told me. So part of me sitting here is thinking, I had to hear this again from somebody else. That's a complete stranger. Doesn't know what I do. You went right into my past lives and out you came with my personality, my blocks, the career, and how I could move forward in a healthier way. So Brett says to me, so for the remainder of the time that I live with my parents, I will be a better shit. All right. <laughs> Whatever. Like just meaning that he, he plans to do some work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And be less ungrateful. Mm. Hopefully a whole lot more grateful and learn some lessons. Mm-hmm. That's a long life if you do not, and a long suffering life. And I don't just mean for him. I mean, I do not envy any person who tries to partner him if he doesn't get these lessons. Because, oh, anyway, we, that's a whole other show. Um, and, and I would hope at this point, if he's not, if he didn't get any of these lessons, don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Because you're never going to be mature enough to put their needs before your own, Mm -hmm. not at the rate he's going currently. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. It's a great show. Yeah. Thank you. I I think um, that people that aren't in this career can hear it too.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure.
1: Mm Okay.
0: Okay. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at infobysarlow.com. No matter where you've tuned in from, thank you for joining us. Please make sure to subscribe and join us next Saturday for a brand new show.